Hello, and welcome to the Original Content Podcast. I'm Anthony Ha. I'm Jordan Crook. And we are joined for the first time by Kirsten Korosek. Kirsten, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Woohoo! At TechCrunch, mostly write about cars and Elon Musk and Tesla and fun things like that, but you are also a person who likes to watch Netflix and whatnot and, and share your opinions about it. That is a true story, Anthony. <laughs> Have you guys seen that meme recently that it was like, yo, can we all just agree to not ask each other what we do in our free time? The answer is always Netflix. Like, let's stop <laughs> making each other feel bad about ourselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, I definitely binge watch in my free time. Also read. <laughs> also oh, read. Yeah, that's nice. That's a little, a little smug, but sure. <laughs> so... We are going to skip the um, kind of the news roundup this week because there isn't hasn't been a ton of news because, hey, it's the day before New Year's as we re-record this. Also, unclear a- if people actually enjoy the news part. Like, you guys could tell us if you don't care about that bit, and we could just get into reviews. Or we could do more news. Yes. But we need to know right. what you want. We're here to serve. Right. So basically, reach out and annoy them, I think, what, through – DMing you on Twitter. What Honestly, that would be better than what we often get, which is people who think we are responsible for creating the movies or TV shows themselves, which we get a lot of emails being like, yo, I really loved Black Mirror. Like you guys are so, that's so great. Thank you so much or for like, Black Mirror. Please don't we're cancel like, the show. <laughs> you're welcome, I guess. <laughs> we'll take do, a little credit. Do, do any readers or listeners, I should say, ever confuse you with characters also on because oh, you no, hear that from actors that. who get I'd prefer that character. as well. Or like, thanks for <laughs> casting Sandra Bullock in Bird Box. It was amazing. I am Sandra Bullock, and you are welcome <laughs> for all, for my more than 50 years of hard work. That's 50. <laughs> wow, you just aged her. She's 58, she? I think. No, that's not. Okay, 56? No, this, this is one that, that we've actually okay. got to look up. I don't yeah, think let's look it up because I don't want to get it wrong. Her. Uh, she's 54, 54 years old. old. I was wrong. Sorry, 58. But she looks 22, so it doesn't matter. Exactly. That's that's the takeaway here is she looks great. Wow. Um, Always yeah. something to criticize. True. We, uh, so we're going to do a quick review of Bird Box, um, which was released on Netflix a couple weeks ago. And then after that, we're going to do a slightly more in-depth review of Bandersnatch, the new interactive episode of Black Mirror. Um, just to lift spirits going into 2019, we're going to talk about two of the feel-good <laughs> movies of the well, year. It's a light, we're going to have a lighthearted take on two lighthearted. <laughs> it's basically shows. rom-coms. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're yeah, they're they're very stressful in in different ways. I would say. Yes. Um, so, Bird Box is the Sandra Bullock Netflix movie. That's why we're talking about her. Um, and it's about. I mean, Jordan, do you want to try to explain the plot? Yeah, I'd be happy to. So do you it's, give spoiler alerts here, by the way? Sorry to interrupt. We do. So okay. I'm not going to get into how the movie ends, but the premise of it, we don't consider the premise of things really a spoiler. So I'm going to talk about the premise of Bird Box, and I will not reveal how it ends. Um, so Bird Box is set in, like, now, essentially, present times. Um, but something weird starts happening and there are all these mass suicides. It kind of had a, like reminded me a little bit of the happening in the beginning, Anthony, mm, with the, yeah, where the plants yeah, yeah. turn against people, a bunch of mass suicides. And the general idea is that if you go outside and you can see this thing, whatever this, this entity is that's causing this, you too will try to kill yourself. So people are in post-apocalyptic survival mode but the clincher is that (laughs) you can't see where you're going if you go outside you have to be blindfolded which has led to some of the best meme work i've seen all year to be honest um and sandra bullock is amazing it has an incredible cast um and it's just kind of her story navigating through that situation that's about all i'll i'll say in terms of plot um, I will say that I think the reviews, especially the early ones, are really tough on Bird Box in like a really yeah. unfair way. Um, I I don't say I don't think that this whole plot is believable. But I was actually my mom said something that I thought was so funny. I was like I was kind of upset that all the reviews were like, "This is such an unbelievable plot. I just can't get into it because it's so outrageous." And my mom was like, 
yo, we watch rom-coms all the time where like two people find each other and fall in love. That's like just as outrageous and unbelievable, <laughs> which like or, is or, kind of yeah. pessimistic, but like, right. it's true. We always yeah. suspend, we suspend reality for films all the time. So yes, yes this one's a little weird and has some super, um, supernatural bits to it. Right. But at the end of the day, it's still Sandy B. And so I love it inherently and fully. I I, I agree because I had read some of those reviews and I part of the reason why I hadn't watched it earlier was because I just assumed it, it wasn't going to be that good based on those reviews. And then um, and then but when I saw it, I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, enjoyed is sort of a complicated word for a horror movie because I was definitely like on like very, very tense. And I do think there's sort of like two basically like things you have to go with. One is just the concept of like, okay, there are these things and they, if you see them, you kill yourself. And they, and I'm going to, you know, one thing, I don't think this is a spoiler to say like, there's never going to be a very satisfying explanation of this. That is just the conceit of the movie and you have to go with it. Right. And then it's the order uh, of the universe that was created. Right. Like, well, maybe you, that's yeah. maybe that's what is so unsettling about it though is because in this world I think a lot of us like suspension of disbelief as long as it is wrapped up in a nice tiny rom-com package at the end. And a movie like this leaves more questions than answers potentially and that's a, that's the unsettling part. To me that would be something that would make it really good. But Yeah. Not everyone wants that, right? They want it all figured out at the end they want answers because the rest of our life is like <laughs> right that's my deep take that's my deep take for, for right you don't like the, the question mark you want the sort of um okay this is how it all fits together and that is not what bird box is going to give you no um i would say the other thing is it has a little bit of the kind of classic horror movie thing where people don't always behave as smartly as perhaps you would like and there's a lot of wandering off by yourself and let's leave this person alone even though everyone can tell this is going to end horribly and and yeah. so if you have to sort of go with that aspect of it too and and not let that bother you too much yeah when it, i mean any horror film even the best done horror movies right like get out comes to mind like even in those films, you have that moment where you're screaming at the television, like, don't go that way. You know, like, don't check the basement. Like, that is not what you should do, you know? But I, I, I don't think that makes it any less of a film. I was kind of bothered by, like, focusing so much on the reality of whether or not, and I don't think this is a spoiler either. It's in the trailer. She tries to navigate down a river with a blindfold on in a boat. Um like so hung up on that or one of the reviews was so hung up on the idea that after however, like a, a lot of time passing years uh, passing, she finds pop tarts. And one of the reviews was like, that's not, that's putrefied mold. I'm sorry, but pop tarts can last forever. Uh, yeah. They will last forever. <laughs> that is, that is definitely a poke a post-apocalyptic food. Is I know humankind will be, will be completely wiped from the planet and aliens will be here in thousands of years and they will open up pop tarts and eat them. And, and it will taste exactly as it should. Like, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I feel like people were super nitpicky for the sake of being nitpicky. Maybe because it was the end of, a very tough year and people are just getting it out <laughs> before 2019 comes. I don't know, but I actually thought, you know, for what it was, the cast was excellent. Um, the, the movie itself was, was good. And I think even though you're left with a lot of questions, I think at the end you get what you wanted from it or you get what you needed from the movie is probably a better way to put it. Um, which is hard to do in, in these types of scenarios without wrapping things up too beautifully in a bow. And maybe there's an argument that it was too beautifully wrapped up, but um, overall I thought it was great. And I think it's like one of those fun movies that came out at Christmas and you saw a bunch of people watched it like on Christmas day with their family, which is just such a random thing. But I think it's going to be one of my new Christmas movies, honestly. <laughs> nice. Well, so were any of the reviews critical of how it compared to the book at all? Oh, I think very few people compared it to the book. I don't think okay. many. I don't think many, many people read the book. I think people just I wasn't in. aware of it. Yeah. So because it's I didn't interesting. See much. It seems like there is a parallel. Um, uh, Josh Mallerman wrote wrote 
the book. And I'm just, I did a little bit of, you know, looking into that. And it was, you mentioned the happening and it was, he wrote the rough draft. It's like reference here in this little, you know, uh, information about him prior to the release of the happening and the film, the road. And when I read, when I read like the synopsis of the book, it kind of reminded me immediately of the road because that no one's named in it. Right. It's like the boy and the girl. Um, it's, just the, it's just the two kid characters who I think are not uh, okay. the other characters in the film, at least the adult characters have names. Although, I mean, you don't like with a lot of movies, you don't hear the names a lot. They're, you're more just like, Oh, that's Sandra Bullock. That's John Malkovich and so on. Well, and there are oh, things to yeah. critique as well in that, in that regard, because you know, the there's always the surface level story of surviving without being able to see. Right. But then there's the greater story of whether or not, Sandra Bullock's character believes that there is a future, which is why the boy and girl are called boy and girl. And that's kind of on the nose. Right. But um, at the same time, like it, it, it works to its intended effect. Right. Because you get what you get at the end. So I don't know. I, I, there's plenty to critique just like there is with any film, but I don't think it deserves the rap it got necessarily from critics. And I think you see that in the public's reception of the movie. A lot of people are referencing it and talking about it and not in a negative way. So um, I think it's fun. It's a, more a fun movie, I think, than anything else. Like, shouldn't be taken too, too seriously. Um, but but lots of lots of fun to be had watching it. It's just kind of crazy and, and wild, so... Yeah, we, we should say that the um, Netflix says that 45 million accounts, more than 45 million accounts streamed Bird Box in the first week, which is the best ever for a Netflix original film. Wow. Uh, so it seems Roma's like- over there like, Netflix. what the hell, guys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, Roma's definitely, in my mind, a better movie, but yeah. Bird Box is a lot more fun. It does not, and like if both of them had been released in theaters in a serious way, like Bird Box would have made a lot more money because it's just a ride and Roma is not that. <laughs> well, and you can't well, like not to be that timing. person, but you can't discredit Sandra Bullock. Like, I mean, people go right. see her movies. She's, she's a legend, right? So that just is what it is. Also the timing. I mean, this is the time of year when movie theaters get packed because people are like, okay, ha have nothing else to do with the family. Maybe we should go see a movie. Um, and so here is like one you can watch at home, maybe not family friendly, but I mean, it ended up being family friendly. friendly. It's really not like so bad. There's not a ton of gore. There's not like a ton of language I guess there's some language. I always think of him as the guy who was in the man in the iron mask. That's John Malkovich, right? Yeah. The guy who plays oh, an angry well, yeah. old guy who's drinking whiskey. Yeah. I mean, he's known for That's other John movies Malkovich, as well, yes. but, yeah. I know, but he's just in my mind. Is, that was like a <laughs> like childhood film I watched all the time. And I was like, that's the dude from Man in the Iron Mask. My mom was like, yes, it is. Okay, great. <laughs> that's hilarious. Figured that out my... a movie that you like think of. I did really like Man in the Iron Mask. I know, I know Anthony that Anthony knows I'm horrible with actor names. I just can't. <laughs> Unless you're like literally tier one, I don't. I don't know. Unless you're Sandra Bullock. Name. Unless you're Sandra, yeah, like Meryl, Sandra Bullock. I know some of those folks. I'm familiar with the work of Matthew McConaughey. Hmm. You mean his his uh, Lincoln Continental commercials? Yeah, man. I, my favorite Matthew McConaughey appearance ever was on SNL when Matt Damon was pretending to be Matthew McConaughey. That was my favorite time I've ever seen Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> and it was Matt Damon. You guys don't know what I'm talking about. I'll have to I, I really you. don't. That's so good. <laughs> Okay, anyways, should we move into Bandersnatch? Because I have thoughts, man. Yeah, yeah, let's do yeah. it. And I, I should say, by the way, I assume that, Jordan, that you did not recognize any of the actors in Bandersnatch. No, there was one that I did. It was the guy who plays Colin. Oh, Will Poulter. Yeah. Yeah, I recognize him. He was in We're the Millers, but he's also been doing a bunch of stuff lately, right? He's kind of like an up-and-coming thing in the acting world, right? I've seen him in a yeah, bunch I, of stuff lately. He's, he's been doing more. He was actually, I think, cast as the original, as Pennywise in the new version of It, but then for some reason couldn't do it. And so they had to cast the uh, uh, the guy who, I think, Bill Skarsgård, who, who did an amazing job. But um, yeah, Will Poulter is, I think, probably the best thing about, about Bandersnatch even. Um, but but let's, yeah, sorry, let's back up a little. And and so again, this is an interactive episode about of Black Mirror. It focuses on 
this character, Stefan, who has this tragedy in his past, which will sort of become re- relevant, but is really focused on him trying to develop this video game called Bandersnatch, which is itself a kind of choose your own adventure game. And then, you know, the game, the, you know, the movie itself is also choose your own adventure. Um, sounds like both of you have thoughts. Um, I, I kind of suspect that it's going to be hard to talk about this much without spoilers. So maybe we should just give high level thoughts fairly quickly and then we can do a spoiler discussion. Okay. Um, on a high level for me, there were a couple things about it that just weren't for me, I don't think, which is Black Mirror is the kind of thing where you know you're going to be put through the ringer emotionally and mentally and philosophically. And there's something okay about it in the fact that you're not making those decisions, which is like a really kind of, it's not a super deep thing to say that, yes, there is some transfer of like the stakes of the show, watching the state, the the show take place. The stakes are higher when you're making those decisions, but also the fact that like, in a lot of ways, those decisions weren't super impactful um, all the time. Sometimes they were, and sometimes they weren't. And overall, I don't know if I ever felt like, I, I, I almost feel like that detracted from the emotion part. So like either the decisions are super high stakes and you feel complicit in them. Um, and the show does a really kind of clever way of, pulling you back in even though you know it's you know it's easy to feel kind of detached from it i don't know if i'm making a a whole lot of sense and on the one hand you either get really worked into it and you're responsible for what's happening on on the show and the show makes that very clear to you or it's like not impactful and it just feels like it's bugging you to stay tuned and to stay focused um i think the word you're looking for is tiresome yes it was (laughs) it It was exhausting yeah it got a little tiresome. Um, I actually watched it with my husband, who, unlike everyone else, including myself, when you ask him what he's doing for his spare time, it's never watching television. It's like climbing a rock or something or running 100 miles. And um, But he's usually up for like a few shows. He likes Silicon Valley, for example. Um, and so I forced him to watch it with me. And that's exactly what he said. He was like, ugh. This is getting tiresome. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> like it's, two hours in, we were like, okay. <laughs> well, and it's so fucking circular. Like, yeah. The, yeah. There's the level of the fact that Bandersnatch was a choose your own adventure book, which he then turned into a choose your own adventure game. And that whole circle jerk is a circle jerk. But then on top of it, wasn't there a real gaming studio in the 1980s? that was supposed to release a Bandersnatch game and didn't. That's right. Well, also, the, so it's just yeah, that, that's part like, of that. <laughs> I, I also, anyone, like who, that. anyone who also reads um, or read at some point might also remember that Bandersnatch is actually a character in a Lewis Carroll novel through the looking glass, which they don't really ever deal with. You're getting super pretentious like, with all the reading, Kirsten. You oh, I'm watch sorry. Yourself. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> what if I said... Well, the internet for those me. who read, <laughs> she said, that is literally what we did. And you, I think we were talking about this as like a preview on the last episode, and we ha- we had to look it up to know it. But but you just knew off the top of your head, which is disgusting. <sighs> Jerk. I'm sorry. Get out of here. But that doesn't. <laughs> um, would it make you feel better that I like been binge watched like? Nothing will make me feel better. I just watched Bandersnatch, okay? (laughs) It's over for me feeling better. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. That, I think... Here's the thing. Okay, I'm older than both of you, so I actually remember the Choose Your Own Adventure books. I do, too. Yeah, I read those. No recollection. Okay. You weren't reading then, so it's okay. (laughs) Oh, my God. And... The thing is, is that there were the choices were big deal. It weren't they weren't these small choices, in which that kind of and I think this is still high level. I would say I think it's safe to say there is a combination of high and low. What seems to be high and low stakes choices would that be? 
Yes. In Bandersnatch. I think there's more low stakes choices than there are high stakes choices. Right. I think it wants you to go down its own path. Yeah. So I found myself once I got to maybe some high stakes choices, like, are we allowed to swear on this? Yes. Hell yeah. Fuck yes, we are. Yeah, thanks. I was even needlessly. Fuck. Yes. Okay. Well, (laughs) I um, found myself like I really don't give a fuck anymore. Like, sure, make make the worst choice possible. Like that's what it actually became. Well, and it always when you tried to make, I, I noticed that as you start, as they start ramping up the kind of stakes of each of these decisions, you try to make the one with that'll do the least damage to everything, right? To everything that you actually have any care for whatsoever, the characters, the his dreams and success. And then it just asks you to do it again. Like, it's like, oh, you made that choice? Well, now we're going to force you to make this choice <laughs> if you want right. to continue. Right. Um, and so it was like, well, fine then. You know what I mean? Fine. Just do the worst thing. Just yeah. do the worst thing it just felt, to get through it. Like That was, it was, my, that it was felt, how my, yeah, my styles like, changed too. Yeah, my yeah, my style definitely changed and it also felt like they were forcing me to make a decision at one point and then it wasn't my choice anymore, right? Well, um, some of the decisions are like break the computer, hit the computer with a hammer. And you're like, "Okay, well, <laughs> great. <laughs> what if I want to leave the computer alone?" You know, like Right. It just felt kind of like, why are you forcing me to make this decision if this is just going to happen? Just let it happen if it's going to happen. I don't want to keep messing with my controller, you know? So going back to your original take of what Black Mirror, what our expectations are, anyone who's familiar with Black Mirror, I think that that was a good one in that you know you're going to be put along this emotional ride, potentially, or a little bit of a you know brain scrambler, if you will. And in this case, it was more intrusive and more what I would say tiresome because we were forced to participate. In the beginning, it was cool novelty. And by the end, I was over it. And I didn't think I would be over it. I thought I'd be really into it the whole time because I like that type of stuff. Maybe so it was I just, Black Mirror. Oh, go ahead, Anthony. Oh, I was going to say that I, I felt like the that definitely there was a period towards the end that I was getting pretty tired of it and I was like ready for it to be done. Um, but I would actually argue in some ways, then when I looked back though, actually the things that I found interesting were – definitely earlier on and it was just like getting used to this world getting used to this dynamic um of of these choices and i thought that stuff was ultimately i don't think it was entirely successful but was more interesting to me than the underlying story because like i think there's basically one ending that you sort of end up with that they're pushing you towards ultimately and that one i don't think is very interesting and i think that if you just took if you just strung that whole story together as a regular episode of Black Mirror, it would it would be a very mediocre episode of Black Mirror. I don't think it was mm-hmm. particularly like where it also, where the story ultimately goes is not that interesting. Um, I think what is more interesting about the episode is is that I think that what Jordan was getting at is they wanted to play with the way you sort of approached it because we're used to this idea of identifying with the character and feeling like we're in a game trying to get the best outcome. But in fact, if you approach this episode that way, I think you're going to get really frustrated really quickly because none of the endings are actually, this is, I guess, a little bit of a spoiler, but not a big one. Like, there aren't a lot of great endings. There are never fact, happy endings in Black Mirror. Like, with like, yeah, one exception. I mean, a good ending doesn't have to be a happy ending. I think yes. actually that's what was my biggest complaint is I liked the sort of picking and choosing and the novelty of it. The problem was is that I... Um, and the one thing I didn't do is I didn't just watch it without picking anything because I think it defaults. Yeah, I, but I've, I've read some of the interviews and they said you can do that, but you won't get very satisfying results. Okay. Well, I didn't do that. I should have just to test it, but I did a, bu- you know, a bunch of the other ones. And, and I think it, you just hit on it is that a lot of the endings I just thought were lame. I think I, I would have been way more into it if – the endings had been more meaningful. Well, um, I think I would have wanted to keep playing, keep playing, if you will. I, I, I think that that would have been more satisfying experience for me. But I went through all this work, and then and and there's one ending. I don't know if you two reached it, and we can talk about spoiler alerts if you want. But really annoyed the fuck out of me is well, all I have to say. I was like, couldn't be more self-aggrandizing. 
for Netflix. And I just really wasn't like <laughs> I know Well, if we can, yeah, I remember that ending too. Um, <laughs> that was my first ending. And I was like, okay, well, oh. I'm tempted to just end this now. But I think <laughs> also the like part of the reason that the endings weren't as satisfying is because. I mean, the whole idea of you having control of his decisions makes him so unrelatable all of a sudden. It should make him more relatable, but like normally you watch a Black Mirror episode, and Anthony, we've talked about this a little bit before. You watch a Black Mirror episode, and you have one or two main characters that you naturally identify with, because that's what happens when we read stories or watch movies. We identify with the protagonist. And so you identify with this person, and they're often made to choose between a rock and a hard place over and over and over again. And your despair for them just sinks with that, right? Like you just feel like so bad for this person a bunch of times. Sometimes they're really awful people, but most of the time you feel really bad for this person because no matter what they do or how hard they try, they just can't get themselves out of this hole. And when you take control or when I take control and start making decisions for my main character, all my feelings for that person go away because it's just me. And I'm just playing a freaking game on Netflix. I'm not going to feel bad for burying the body. I didn't fucking kill anybody. You know what I mean? And neither did he. So now I don't feel anything for anyone. So none of the endings matter, right? Whereas like the endings, I feel like this could have been if it went through and played through to its desired ending without any of the extra loops and bullshit, it could have been a fine episode of Black Mirror. Maybe it wouldn't have been one of the top five, but it would have been a fine, normal episode of Black Mirror that leaves you feeling like piece of shit. But it didn't. <laughs> I feel fine. You know, like, I mean, it was upsetting to watch, but like, I didn't feel any, re- I didn't feel any empathy for anyone in the, in the whole show, except for maybe the Colin guy, but just because I, he, he was a good actor, I guess. And like did his job in, in a difficult situation, <laughs> right. It, it is a difficult situation to really shine through as an actor when the person viewing it is coming in and out of it so often mm-hmm. you're in and out you're not you, so you're a big gamer though do you have empathy to when you're playing a game do you become attached to any of those characters in a way when you are absolutely them? and you, i think their example is like okay. red dead redemption so where did this fail okay so because the interactive piece of it at first i was like i wonder what they're trying to do here i mean i should say this to not be, a, I don't want to be a complete hater on it. I think that it was a bold effort to try and do it, and and it was an experiment. And there's probably going to be some university class by next year that is like researching the psychological implications of this. So thanks for that. But you know, the actual product wasn't my favorite. In the beginning, though, I was wondering if it was going to be kind of like a video gaming experience. Yeah, I don't... I'm not as experienced as at gaming as you are, so... I would say curious. it's not the same really at all. It was much more akin to watching a movie, like a really exhausting movie. But, like, for example, in Red Dead Redemption, you're not playing... I'm not playing as Jordan Crook, right? I'm playing as Arthur Morgan, and... But I make all the decisions for him to the point where, like, he could starve to death if I don't feed him. Or, you know, he could, um, if I if I ride him off a cliff and his horse dies, like, I kill that horse that I, like, worked for. Like, it was all, it was all me. And the decisions that I make aren't binary. They're, like, a thread of of completely my decisions in a lot of ways. And so that empathy that you build for that world grows a lot stronger because it's all of your kind of wide ranging decision tree that has led you to this point. Whereas like with this, it just felt like it felt a a lot like being the actual main character. He struggles with the idea that he's being controlled. Right. And that's how it felt too. It was like, we're all being controlled. The only person who, who has any say in this whole situation is Netflix and the creators. The rest of us are not, if you felt independent doing that, you you weren't right, and so it's hard to build empathy like that for in, in a situation like that. I think. 
So in that case, were they successful then? (laughs) I think they did what they wanted to do. I mean, I think that they were going after a very specific effect. And I think another point of comparison as far as games go are the Telltale games, you know, The Walking Dead. There's a game based on The Walking Dead. Um, There's a Batman game. There's a Game of Thrones game, which are are in some ways feel like you're just watching a choose-your-own-adventure type movie. Um, but the difference there is, again, it, it, I think what, like, what Jordan was saying about Red Dead is that it's about choice and the idea that your choices matter. And I think what they were interested in here was the idea of what if your choices actually don't matter? What if instead of you're making these decisions that you have to live with, you're almost just exploring all these different parallel universes? Um, and, and to me, I mean, I, that's like intellectually interesting. But dramatically, you sort of, yeah, you, you're not invested in it in any way at that point. It's more just kind of a gag of just being like, okay, what's like the craziest thing I could make him do now? So it doesn't, you don't get the same emotional engagement. That is actually, you, I think, nailed it perfectly, which is that intellectually, I thought it was an interesting experience, but the experience itself felt tiresome in the end. <laughs> well, maybe we should move into spoilers now, because I, there's definitely some other things I want to talk about in terms of, of the ending. So if you care about the ending of Black Mirror, I mean, Black Mirror Bandersnatch, um, you should probably stop listening. Although the last thing I'll say is actually the key to enjoying Bandersnatch is probably not caring about the ending. Because if you were invested in finding a good ending or in winning or anything like that, you, I don't think you're going to have a good time. If you just are like, this is an interesting experiment and it kind of doesn't matter where it ends, you may have uh, a better time as I did. But anyway, spoilers. I think like, it'll be out interesting out if they can keep the feel you have in the first 20 to 30 minutes going for a full 60 minutes. Cause I definitely did have this eerie feeling of both being controlled and being in control. And I was thinking to myself exactly what Kirsten said, like this is definitely fucking with my head a little bit, right? Like I feel that happening, but then by the end you've, you've made so many inconsequential decisions and so many decisions that you thought were consequential, but just ended up the way that Netflix wanted them that you don't keep that feeling throughout. Like I w- I'd like to end on that feeling that to me is far more effective. Mm-hmm. Well, Cause I think part of what was happening. And again, we're in spoilers now um, is that they're pushing you towards the ending where you kill your dad. I mean, that every, I think there are actually more interesting endings where you don't like, there's the one where you go back and you die with your mother, which was probably my favorite of all the endings. That was the one I didn't, I didn't get do to, that one. which, yeah, yeah, that was, I, I went through all, because I later went back to see, I did some research of how many endings <laughs> are there possible and realized that that was one I missed. Um, well, the thing that was frustrating was that was probably my favorite of the endings. And then you get there. And, and so the way you get there, actually, and, and that they, the way you get there is interesting because you can't get there with just a straight line path. You have to go to the up, right up to the edge of the kill your dad path. And then suddenly you have the option to reverse and go back and get the rabbit. Um, and I thought that was like a really interesting approach to the format. But then once you see that ending, you're like, wow, that was a pretty good ending. It didn't quite pay off everything but was emotionally satisfying as an ending and then you then you hit the end of it and then suddenly there's you know that you go back to that familiar screen where you have two choices and you can jump back and so you think oh I guess that wasn't the quote-unquote real ending and then again you're just getting pushed more and more towards the, the moment where you have to kill your dad and then basically because you keep ref- as long as you keep refusing to kill your dad you just get stuck in this really boring loop where you're just like, all right, what am I supposed to be doing here? And then eventually you kill your dad. And then I think actually neither of the endings where after your dad dies are that interesting either. I only buried my dad. I didn't chop him up. What oh. happens if you chop okay. him up? If you chop him up, you you get away with it for a little bit longer. And so that's the one time you get, you know, that little segment where the guy reviews your game. You yeah. get five out of five on the game. And then, uh, but then... They do eventually figure out, and there's like a shot of like his dad's severed head sitting on his shelf while he continues working on the game. It's Jesus. very silly. And then they, uh, but then eventually he gets caught and goes to jail. But then 20 years later, there is a another. Actually, I think it's the it's Colin's daughter who's building a choose your own adventure Bandersnatch movie for Netflix. And oh then, um, and then yeah. you, they intercut her with the credits. And I think that's probably like the most you know, f- the fullest ending and the sort of the most natural endpoint. But I think it, I thought it was pretty silly. 
Well, so that gets to the one. So I was like along for the ride and then um, replay, you know, play, kept playing, I guess you could call it playing or interacting and get to the episode or the channel in which he fights his psychiatrist. Oh, yeah. Jeez. And it's this because, whole... Because you've told him that you're from Netflix. And so he... Exactly. It's all and I, that, that was like, I rejected that completely. I was like, I'm... This is so stupid. Because it was just like, come on. Why does it have to be Netflix? Like, that's such... It's like such self-promotion. I didn't think it was a clever, like... It wasn't a tradition. It wasn't an Easter egg in the traditional way where it's like revealed. I mean, it was blatant, and it just like just in case you didn't know, you're watching Netflix. It just felt like I was watching an advertisement suddenly, and that really turned me off. That was the one that turned me off the most. The other ones, I was like, oh, okay, interesting. Oh, great, we're back on the same loop. Oh, okay, I had some patience for that. But when it became like the Netflix and like the ninja scene, it just was like, what am I watching now? I liked that. But I mean, also then it was, it was over so quickly. And then suddenly you're just back at like, oh, I guess I, I guess I got to kill my dad. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was, I don't know. I think, like I said, like if, if I'd be happy going through a bunch of those endings, if I wasn't picking stupid shit throughout the beginning, you know? <laughs> Like I would love, even there were certain, maybe if you type in a different password, this happens differently, but when he's having the dream and he's at the safe and he has to type in a password. Um, yeah. Right. I typed packs. Did you guys type right. pack? Well, I, I went because you can actually go back to that scene a couple of different times and there's different passwords you can use and they lead to mm -hmm. different endings. So one is like a government conspiracy and the other one is a different result. Yeah. One is a government conspiracy. One just, goes crazy and kills his dad and then one is he opens it up and it's the toy and that allows him to go back in time and die with his mother like all the loops in the last half are actually sound pretty interesting i just would have like wanted to get into that sooner i don't know like the setup to me right so just was so exhausting it, that by the end i was not i didn't care what any of the endings were i was just ready for the credits to roll in any and it's almost like all of the endings are so unsatisfying to get you to this one place that by the, by the time you get there, you're like, fuck, whatever, you know? Exactly. So that's why I keep going back to that tiresome thing. And I, I think about my husband's reaction to it because in the beginning that he, his takeaway was, I wish we could have skipped like the choice of cereal. The, <laughs> I liked that. You know, like those, <laughs> but maybe it was because they were just trying to get people warmed up. Like here, this is what you do. But I found myself, and this is never a good sign for a show hitting pause to see how much was left and there was no time you, you don't know yeah I <laughs> and i'm like oh <laughs> like there's no gauge of when this is gonna end so uh and we we did we actually we got to the end of several and then we we just turned it off like uh, on the fourth one he's like i'm out <laughs> and and then he literally walked out so i was like okay i guess we're turning this off now <laughs> I definitely don't disagree, and I, I and I definitely was like dissatisfied with when I reached the end. I think though that like what made me more positive about it as I looked back on it, one was just sort of some of the intellectual ideas of like what I think how they, I think they were trying to play with the format. But I also just think there were two moments fairly early on that I really liked and that made me really excited to be playing it and particularly playing it in this format. The first was. Um, the first big choice you have, which is whether or not to accept the job at Tuckersoft and, and to design the game at the Tuckersoft office. And I don't know what your experience was, but I, I, what I did, and I assume a lot of people do, is you say yes, because you think that's what they're telling you to do. And then immediately you get told that was the wrong choice and you find out the game went really badly and you're like, oh shit, like, am I going to have to replay everything? Like, What is going on here? And then instead what they do is they rewind very quickly through the whole thing and then you see that Colin and Stefan both have a little bit of a memory of that first time through. And so mm -hmm. that really kind of got me excited about like how they might play with the concept. And then, in, and then later on when, if you fault, there's a point where you can follow Colin and you end up doing the drugs and he gives this whole speech about the, the parallel universes. 
And, and he says, you know, it doesn't matter what happens here, like, because there's so many other parallel universes. And I think, first of all, the actor was just so good. He was like, yeah, no, I just really enjoyed that scene. He really felt like, oh, my God, maybe I'm going crazy, too. And, and then he gives you the choice of either he jumps off or you jump off. And that right. was just such, to me, like a like kind of delicious moment. And I was like, "Yeah, man, I'm gonna jump off. Let's see what happens." And, <laughs> and it was, it was felt like, like, wow, like I've never seen anything exactly like this before. But then, basically, very shortly after that, you get stuck in this stupid loop of, you know, all right, like, right. So that's where I see the moment. I got to the same. Um, I made the same beginning decisions and then go back, and then I played it again. In which, and, and that was that was that was where I see a missed opportunity. The whole idea of parallel realities, had it been explored more thoroughly um, and with proper endings, I think would have been really amazing. But when it rewinds and you choose not to do the drugs, he spikes your drink anyway. Yeah. Oh, really? I didn't. I've yeah. never not done the drugs. Okay. I always said yes to the drugs. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. I said no to the drugs. I was okay. just like worried the whole time. I just knew bad stuff was coming at my guy. <laughs> and I was just trying to protect him, man. But then I got high anyway. It's awful. I wish I had just chosen it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I think that it would be also interesting to talk to people who choose to, you know, watch this sober. And the choices they make, and then when the ones who are partaking in whatever they are partaking in, because I think it would be a different experience. I wrote all of my answers, and I think you can see when when you look through my answers, like the decisions I made, why it was so frustrating. Because like the first four decisions I made that felt consequential, I just had to go back and remake. It's like <laughs> Frosties, Thompson twins, accept the job, decline the job. <laughs> like it wants me to. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. like a bunch of things where it's like don't destroy computer throw tea over the computer <laughs> it's like okay great like i of course i'm frustrated well maybe it's be maybe it's because so it's interesting so you're you came in it sounds you, you mentioned something a minute ago where you, you were trying to keep him out of harm's way and depending on your personality and psychological makeup or at that time good mood bad mood I just want to fuck things up or not, you make different choices. Like I, I changed midway through, and I mentioned that before, from kind of trying to make the right decision for him to being like, let's see how fucked up this gets. I don't know if you, it sounds like you were, it sounds like you were trying to protect him the whole time. Yeah. Well, and you could see that, like, I think in a way, especially during the Netflix ending, if you choose Netflix and you go through the fight sequence, it was like, do you want more action? Yeah, and fuck yeah. You know, it was like, you could tell that it was like kind of trying to tap into the savage in people almost, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And I just didn't, I maybe wasn't in the right place for that. Maybe I needed to be like in a group of people, you know, the 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 Coliseum effect, the gladiator effect. Like everybody gets <laughs> excited right. about the violence, you know, like I don't, I just yeah. was like, no, everybody be nice. You needed a mob mentality. Stay safe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, and that so. was, I mean, cause it sounds like Kirsten and I both watched it. I watched mine with, or at least the first time through, I, I, I did it with, uh, with my sister um, on the couch as well. And like, she was and like, we took turns kind of making the decisions. And that was definitely a lot more fun than I think when I tried it again on my own. But even then, there was a point where we kind of looked at each other and we're like, oh, oh my God, is this still going? Exactly. Yeah, it was, it was exhausting. I don't know. It's like if you're – and I also think depending on like your age and kind of the stuff that you're into, I think there were probably a lot of little morsels in there um, that were fun reference points for the 80s and kind of sci-fi gaming tech culture back then that I just, I knew were there for someone, but they weren't there for me, you know, <laughs> like, like there's a poster <laughs> up in the Tuckersoff office for um, a Philip K. Dick novel, which I never read, but recognized. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, of course you've never read it. Jordan. Hey, come on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm busy reading really impactful work, like the divergent series and ready player one. Okay. <laughs> Um, okay. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I just, I, I feel like depending on who you are, you could really, really love this. I'm just not that person, you know, and no judgment either. I just am not that person. 
I just want to sit and let the TV happen to me. I don't want to, I don't want to be involved in it. (laughs) Not even from like a guilty standpoint, just like, I just don't want to, I just want it to happen to me. It it sounds like this is definitely a direction that Netflix wants to go into more. I mean, and they, apparently they, I think they have with some of the kids content. Um, And in fact, they like ported over one of the Minecraft, the telltale Minecraft story mode games into Netflix already. And I think there might be some other stuff, but this is really kind of the first one they wanted to do for adults. But, but I mean, just reading this Wired article that, that I sent you guys, which I think I'll, I'll put in the show notes as well, where they interview all the creators, it sounded like this isn't that Netflix specifically was pushing for. They wanted to kind of experiment with this technology. And so we're probably going to see more of it, which I can't say I'm super excited about. I mean, it, it depends a lot on how you use it, but, but I'm, I don't necessarily want to see, you know, interactive episodes of um, other Netflix original shows. Yeah, I don't want them to do this. Yeah, what like what would be the what would be the best show to have an interactive? It's called a video yeah, game. You know, and it's made by a bunch of other know, companies. <laughs> Netflix should just make fucking Bird Box and Roma and leave us leave us be. More more seasons of Black Mirror, please. Anthony, is there is there a show out there that Netflix makes that you that could be fun? Well, because I was going to say the most obvious answer to me is is not a Netflix show, but a, a show is, is Game of Thrones. And there is actually a Game of Thrones Telltale game, which I really really liked. I know a lot of other people for for reasons I don't really quite understand. It was not one of the more popular Telltale games, but that is actually really fun. Where like you're in all these no win scenarios and you have to you know do stuff like pick who like somebody is going to die here who's going to be the one who dies um so definitely game of thrones and and now that you know telltale isn't around maybe netflix can can pick up that mantle a little bit but among the i mean ozark ozark could be an interesting choose your own adventure yeah that could actually no. it's dark enough um, <laughs> but again stop fucking again, with my shows you want to mess with greatness. Here's the thing. if As long as there isn't I, – I might be interested in seeing a different application of this as long as there's not blatant self-promotion on Netflix side, which definitely was contained in this. Well, and in multiple endings too because there's the one ending where you identify yourself as Netflix – and then right. it sort of is like tearing down the fourth wall and being like, let's fight or I'm going to jump through the window or whatever. But then right. there's the other ending, which is where you kill your dad and then it jumps ahead and somebody is making uh, the, you know, this, the, basically the movie that you're watching now for Netflix. And I think in both cases, it's the thing where they convince themselves that it was clever and it was sort of clever, but it was way it wasn't stupider clever. than Come it on. was smart. No, I mean, I yeah. think like that's a tough decision to make, right? Because without being somewhat self-referential to the idea that we're playing this and choosing for them, like, does it lose even more of its depth that way? Like, I think it, yes, no, it was self-aggrandizing. I think by being more subtle. I don't know. I, I think that's the fucking point. Don't do this. Like, just make <laughs> good television shows, make good TV shows, make good movies. And like, why? Why? I just, is it because people aren't paying enough attention? Because I think Netflix has like more of our attention than our own lives, you know, like what, I just don't, I don't understand. It feels like it could be so much better if you just make the decisions yourself, your filmmakers. Well, and also then there's this whole data component of it that I'm curious about. Yeah, that's really something. Do you think they'll get any interesting data from this specifically though? It doesn't seem like you they would learn anything meaningful about they're gonna learn if you uh, people initially want what was the choices of cereal oh yeah uh frosties frosty flakes or sugar puffs. puffs okay so the this to me the sort of sad scary future would be if stuff like this pops up mm, yeah like pop-up ads later on as a way to collect data and 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 that makes me like want to reject this wholeheartedly and like don't ever do this again this is a bad idea if it never happens fine and if it's just like a occasional interactive shows where you choose your own adventure fine but there's just this little someone tapping me on the shoulder saying oh are they collecting data how are they tracking this um, is this something that they would use in the future? And maybe that's like being weirdly paranoid. But I mean, everything else we do is tracked at this point. 
in terms of data collection and the choices we make online. So why not here? Right. I guess, yeah, definitely my counter argument would not be that Netflix isn't interested in collecting data. I mean, I think <laughs> it is more just that like it has access to so much data about you already that the interactivity within the story seems relatively minimal relative to that. But um, yeah, no, I, I think they could test storylines like, though, and they could test characters. For example, if they are developing a series and they want to understand the likability of one character over the other, for example, or a storyline over the other to develop, they could use data like that. Yeah, and I'm, I'm I don't know. Yeah, it's it's sort of hard to. I'm not excited about this future. <laughs> Basically, I think this was an interesting experiment. I don't think it was entirely successful or in, or very satisfying ultimately. Um, but I'm I'm glad I did it and I found it you know interesting to think about. But I I don't I hope they keep this very very rare. Agreed. I'm done with it. I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> okay. And if they refurbish any of my favorite shows this way, I'm gonna take to the streets. No joke. <laughs> I'm not. I, I don't think you're actually going to see an Ozark uh, episode. Yeah, I'd side. like you to start recommending all the shit you like for this. Stop talking about my stuff. <laughs> Let's make Roma a choose-your-own-adventure. Okay, <laughs> Leave Ozark out of it. Each time it would just be do nothing, do nothing, feel Still sad, nothing. feel real feel sad. sad. <laughs> all right. Well, I think we should probably wrap things up there. <laughs> Um, just as always, as a reminder, if you enjoy listening to the podcast, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app of your choice. You can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And Kirsten, sounds like you have a podcast of your own that people can check out. I do, but it's not about movies or Netflix. It is about the future of transportation. So if you're interested in self-driving cars or what Tesla's doing, I have a podcast called The Atonicast, and it can be found on iTunes and other podcast outlets or through our website, Atonicast. It's also important to remember that Kirsten does read, folks. So if you have questions about books, feel free to DM her. What's your Twitter handle again, Kirsten? At Kirsten. There we go. At Kirsten Korsak, the best place (laughs) to get information about books and other reading activities. About books. And definitely not the And not the cars either. All right. Well, thank you, Kirsten. And thanks, Anthony, for being such a good host all the time. And bye, everyone. Bye. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.